Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm throwing big weights. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh, trying to see uh, what was going to be best fit uh, for myself. And, um, you know, when Minnesota called, it was a no brainer. Uh, come rejoin Kirk and. Uh, um, and then you got a couple guys over here that are really good, so be able to watch these guys in practice. And uh, man, it's just uh, it's been it's been a great move so far. There is one of your newest Vikings, Josh Jackson. This is indeed Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on fifteen hundred ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Lots to get to with you between now and six o'clock, including. A uh, Thursday edition of, uh, what are we doing? Uh, what do you call that? Cram, Cram session. session. Coming up <laughs> Great job. at 5 o'clock. Great start to the, the show. The aging process has started for Good start there, already. contestant. Thank this you. This is 40, guys. I appreciate it. Not yet. Well, I'm going to take a picture of you hosting Aren't there this enough so pictures of No, because there's not there. one of you hosting Why isn't the Snuggie on? Yeah, I was going to say, where's you, the Snuggie? The Snuggie is uh, in the other room. It, Why? Because it's, it's hot as hell in so here. So you wore my nice sunglasses yesterday, and you won't even put on your bear sunglasses You want me to put on the bear sunglasses? I once heard... Uh, Larry David say that two kinds of people wear sunglasses indoors: blind people and a holes. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the latter. Well, so, but now works. I am. It's Rami Makloff, Judd Zolga, Danny Cunningham sitting in for the absent Phil Mackey today. That's Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. Supposed to be making my life easier, but somehow makes it harder every day. And we decided we'd start the show You're since welcome. the NFL season is kicking off tonight with Bears and Packers. And uh, we have other NFL news to discuss. We'd keep Matthew Collar around from the Purple Daily program and have a... NFL roundtable to kick off this season, boys. Are we ready for this? I'm, yes. I, I'm giving you a pass on the sunglasses yeah. because they are great with this look. Are, so they you work, can, you right? You do it in, indoors. Yeah. They bring I the whole thing can. together. I'm I'm just disappointed you didn't shave everything but your mustache. I thought about it, it, dude. That would have really, completed it. I this thought looks about like it. a Halloween costume. I, I right? thought <laughs> about just a mustache and a... You should okay. have. You have fa- to. My face... Is so fat, like, and I know, I know, I'm not hiding much of it right now, but the believe it you, or not, the beard hides how fat my face you, really is. You look right now look like you're about to star in a National Football League related porn film. 
And I'm not joking. I'm pretty sure that's tonight at 7 o'clock. <laughs> hey, football hey, have you seen my footballs? <laughs> I mean, the first time Aaron Rodgers gets a snap. I mean, it's going to be football porn for me when Khalil Mack takes Aaron Rodgers down tonight. That's going to be football porn for me. You know, I um, as I'll have a friend over, so I can't. I I, I almost <laughs> that didn't make me feel any better about that you. That made it worse. But I will wow. be at home, not at Rami's house. <laughs> but when I when I look at when I look at you right now, though, Rami, I think about I think about how different we are, and I don't mean our background cultures. Sure. Also, hair. That's also very different, the, the, though. The, the long hair and yeah. so forth. Uh, I mean that being a reporter, I go out to the facility and get to know the players and everything else. And so the number of guys that you see come in and go out and whatever, um, it's it's very different from the fan perspective that you're taking right now with the jersey and everything else. And I, I almost, when I look at it, I'm like, I don't have those feelings. They don't exist to me. It's like I, I get when, when I'm watching the game tonight, I'll be like, hmm, little uh, nickel package there, little uh, corner blitz or whatever. And then, you, you know, you're going to be saying, go, I'm going to be screaming Bears. at my TV the with last a mouth time full of deep dish pizza. That's what I'm gonna be doing. The last time I felt <laughs> same page on pizza about a team like you do was Tommy. Sorry, Tommy Kramer was playing quarterback for the Vikings. So I was in about third grade circa 1978. That's the last That's time, the last that time I had you a jersey. felt this kind of joy? For a football for team? For sports? For a football team, absolutely. Yeah. Really? Oh, the last time I felt that type of joy about sports across the board would have been the 84 North Stars. When the Twins won the two World Series, it was very cool, but I haven't felt elation, like fan elation, really, truly, since probably you guys were all either not born yet or just being born. For me, growing up, I just enjoyed everything about Football, right? Like all the teams, I would play a season with a team on Madden and then pick another team and then pick another team. And I would watch the NFL films breakdowns before the games and everything else. So nothing's and, changed with you, Colin. There was, but, but even just to give you an example, there was a show that played locally that broke down the New York Giants. It was like a New York <laughs> Giants produced show. And I don't know why it played in Buffalo, what? New York, but it, it was just like paid programming or something. Yeah. But it would be people talking about the Giants. And Dave Brown is their quarterback at the time. They couldn't be worse. Like Rodney Hampton was their star player. And I would watch every minute of that show. I loved Rodney this Hampton. Trash like five and eleven team with Dave Brown. I'd be like, I can't wait to see what their defensive end position happens this week. You know, and uh, so that's kind of how I've always been. Rather than you know buying the jerseys and doing everything else. So I, in a way, I'm jealous of how you enjoy it from. From that perspective. But whether it's as a fan or from the perspective that Collar or Judd are seeing it or Danny, who just roots for my misery, so wants to see the Browns. No, Packers that's not true. Tonight. He loves the Browns. Let's, be the Browns a, let's cut right to it. He loves the Cleveland Browns. But as far Browns. as tonight goes, he's rooting for my misery yes. in the form of a Packers win and probably worse. We all have, in some yeah. way, a vested interest in this game tonight because this is an NFC North clash and it's the defending NFC North champions. I like saying that. And a team who. I've said this before, if Matt LaFleur is a competent head coach and can have a functioning relationship with his quarterback, probably the favorite in the division. That That's how I look at this game. These are two teams that, along with the Vikings, the Lions are on the outside looking in, 
should be the ones fighting it out for the division. We get our first look at them playing real football tonight. That is what's so interesting to me about this game and why it's a great one to start with. I know that they're doing, hey, here's the classic matchup, the Bears and the Packers and everything else. But for me, it's not just about the laundry. It's not just about a great jersey matchup. And a lot of times over the last couple of decades, that's all it was when it was Packers right. and Bears. Like, congratulations on still having, um, you know, Soldier Field or something. <laughs> uh, but now it's looking for evidence of how these two teams are going to look against the Minnesota Vikings when they play them. Because right after this game, it's go down to Green Bay, the site of Daniel Carlson's missed kicks, and and let's see something completely different. We knew every week what it was going to look like that the Vikings would play the Packers with Mike McCarthy's offense playing against Mike Zimmer's defense, and it was really whether Aaron Rodgers could sustain the heat and and make the big-time throws that he makes. But now it's... Okay, is Matt LaFleur going to be able to trick Mike Zimmer's defense? Because it was never that with Mike McCarthy. It was, how freakish of a throw can Aaron Rodgers make? And that was what determined who won between the the Vikings and Packers. But now, I mean, this first game here, you're looking at a great defense, which we expect from the Vikings as well, with Chicago, and an offense that may have some creativity to it. So how creative does Matt LaFleur get right away? How How comfortable does Aaron Rodgers look? Do we see Aaron Rodgers is angry? frustrated faces right away, right? Do we see him throwing the ball away like he did last year? And the joke on Purple Daily has been Rodgers is washed, which is, I'm definitely joking. But uh, I kind of want to look for, is it going to be like the average last three seasons? Or is this guy going to go back to 2015 and have an MVP year? That's the thing that's most interesting to me is whether or not he's going to be revitalized. And you brought up the fact that it was going the if the Vikings were going to get beat by the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, it was going to be because he made a great throw. That's what the Packers had to do to everybody. It wasn't, they weren't confusing anyone else. That wasn't just a Viking centric thing. Now, yes, the Vikings had a better defense than most teams, but it was because Aaron Rodgers could just make ridiculous throws that normal human beings that have ever played that position just can't do. I'm curious if the coaching change is going to, one, make it so they do confuse some defenses and they're not nearly as vanilla as they have been. And two, if it's going to revitalize Aaron Rodgers or if he's going to be washed like you've been saying for months, Matthew. <laughs> you guys are missing, I think, the most intriguing storyline to tonight's game. At, by the way, a historic stadium that they absolutely ruined. Rami, your stadium stinks. It looks like a spaceship. Uh, they made they made some minor improvements to it this year by putting a Walter Payton and George Hallis statue well, out front. Good so. for them. Now tear down the spaceship or uh, or a cruise ship. It's actually really. Have you you've been inside? I'm sure, right? Yeah, Since it's fine inside. It's, it's great awful inside. Outside. It's terrible outside. But, but great turf. But the storyline. <laughs> but the storyline to me is is actually the Packers defense. Is the Packers defense because how many years did we watch that defense absolutely fall apart, collapse? What the, the year that they won the Super Bowl, Dom Capers put together a pretty good defense, and I think Woodson was still there at the time, and he was a great find. But then it just disintegrated, and every year you're like, okay, Ted Thompson's going to draft defense this, and he's like, no, I want to take a wide receiver in the 14th round or something. Anyway, I think it's going to be very interesting with their additions in uh, in the summertime and through free agency to see now if that defense can can stop somebody to the point of it's going to give that offense a chance to be efficient, win games, without having to score, let's say, 35 points. I think Mike Pettin is a really bright defensive mind, and that defense took steps forward without making any major personnel additions last year and actually losing some some pretty vital guys to injuries. And, and they lose Clay Matthews to free agency this year, but they made some additions to the pass rush as well. I am curious to see 
how how good that Packers defense is. Year two under Mike Pettin after actually investing some resources in the it. Sunglasses are too much. I can't take you seriously you right now. You can't look at me. I tried to break down. Can you take him seriously without sunglasses? Because that ship sailed for me. I mean, I left a Snuggie out in the conference room. He's got coffee all over his Urlacher jersey. Oh, I think no. there's mustard on there, too, No, somewhere. it's coffee. This happened this morning, and I thought about not going with the jersey, and then I was like, nah, it's too good an outfit, dude. I Is I that the think, only Bears jersey you I have? I think if it's a no. Bears jersey, you can stain that. Thing I, have this, good, right? I have this. I have this. That's uh, one. That's a, they're like football. It's supposed to have some stains I think it's supposed to have grass stains, Matthew. Not coffee. It looks like dirt. Coffee is my game, Judd, all right? Yeah, field, there you go. I have a uh, Matt Forte jersey, and somewhere in a box somewhere, I have a Walter Payton and Mike Singletary jersey. I'm just jealous that anymore. you have jerseys of players that you can like be proud to wear. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I have a... Where's your uh, Brian sign? <laughs> before my time, I have a Ruben Drones jersey somewhere at my parents' uh, house. Kevin Johnson was a good receiver. So was Quinn. They, had a, they had a fun wide receiving Quincy quarterback Morgan then. Quincy and Morgan Northcutt, yes. and uh And, yeah, they're... <laughs> They had a, a and, and Andre, Andre Davis. Davis, and they had the linebacker. They <laughs> named had a linebacker Andre named Andre Davis with an A. Yes, yes so right. they had their full names on the yeah. on the nameplates. They shouldn't have let you in here today because there's <laughs> teams that matter who are playing. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm jealous that there have been relevant players for this franchise. That's it. Uh, well, back to the Mike Pettin thing. Uh, in 2013, he was the Bills' defensive coordinator, and when he left to take the Cleveland job, which worked out great, Danny, uh, we Johnny were football. We were playing compilations of his clips talking about defense with. I will remember you. Like, he was really loved as the defensive coordinator for the Bills. And I was just looking this up. They were fourth in passing defense, second in interceptions in 2013 with Buffalo. Last year, Green Bay was not that good in terms of passing defense. But with the additions that they made, and Zadarius Smith is going to be a guy I'm watching all over the field. He's kind of, like, the comparison I would make with him is like Jadavion Clowney, but nobody knows him. Because he wasn't a first pick or anything, but he could play linebacker, interior, outside. And that's a weapon that they have not really had for the Packers in quite some time. So I think it's right to watch this Packers defense tonight and see how the talent is coming together with a defensive coordinator who clearly is very skilled. And if they're really good on defense, then you're talking about Kirk Cousins having to go against a Bears defense that might drift back but is still sacked. A Packers defense that at very least is competent, which it's been a while. And then Matt Patricia's defense in Detroit. I don't know that he's a great head coach overall, but I'm pretty confident he knows defense. And and that might make for a really tough division for Kirk Cousins to go through this year. I think that that's probably uh, true. That the Detroit thing, I the Detroit thing personnel wise, I think you're right. I don't know if that's they going because that team, with yeah, the people there, the, the players, the people did right, exactly. But but they're still coached by a complete buffoon. But <laughs> <laughs> but the Packers thing intrigues me, and and the second thing tonight that I really want to see is Trubisky now. Like, what does Trubisky do here? Is is training camp just okay? He didn't play that well in training camp, but it's practice. He didn't really play in games. I am very curious, because the one thing that we keep going back to, and that I firmly believe is, the defense for the Bears is going to be really good, but they're not going to score as many points as they did a year ago. So can Trubisky pick up that slack now? Or is that going to slide back? And if that's the case, then it opens the door, I think, far more for the Vikings and Packers. And to to piggyback off that, I'm excited to see what Matt Nagy's offense is going to look like in year two under that scheme. Because while I'm not a believer in Mitch Trubisky, I do think that Matt Nagy is a, a very bright offensive mind. So if there is something that's going to make him look like a really good quarterback, he might be the guy. And I'm curious how creative they're going to get from year one to year two. Percent chance tonight that the kicking game costs the Bears this game. <laughs> 
I'm gonna put it at ten percent. There's got to be a D. Yeah, I yeah. mean, fifteen. That's gonna go eighty-five. That hey, hey, he's freaked that poor guy out. I know. I know. That's, I, that I, extra I, point I attempt reacts, yeah. sailed to my house in St. Louis Park, <laughs> and, and he attempted it from Chicago. So uh, I thought that thing was blocked. I thought that had to have gone off a hand when I saw how badly he missed an extra point. Blair Walsh did the same thing in, in Week One, 2016, against uh, the Titans. But that was. But at least Matthew, that I believe was like a 54 yarder. Yeah, I'm just, not excusing yeah. it, but I think this was a PAT, right? So back to Ooh. Trubisky, though, because Judd will just talk about kickers the rest of the show, and got is, him going. Judd is writing an kickers. article about holding. For, so this just tells you where he's at. Talk to Colquitt about it. Talk to special teams coordinator today. Amazing. I love your original report, reporting. The so, art of holding. College jealous, and so he's bashing uh, me. That must be it. Um, so l- last year, Pro Football Focus had this stat on Mitch Trubisky, that in terms of their negatively graded throws, you know, they grade every play, so it'd be big-time throws, positively graded, negatively graded. Out of 35 quarterbacks who had enough throws to qualify, he was 35th, so he had the most negatively graded throws in the entire NFL. And before Week 17, when I went back and watched quite a bit of the coach's tape of Mitch Trubisky, there are so many open receivers. He had good numbers still, but there are so many open receivers that he's just throwing over, and it's all the same mechanical issues that existed and the Bears ignored when he was coming out of North Carolina. And it's almost like this is the guy who is the classic, like having to make up for being not a good thrower at all by his sheer athleticism. And I think that that only works to a point. So I, Matt Nagy better have something else up his sleeve if he wants to continue to have even a decent offense. So there will be a lot of focus, and I'll definitely be watching Trubisky to see any signs of him just throwing the football. Back. And most of those negative throws are to the left side. He has a real it's hard amazing. time throwing to his left side. It's Derek Zoolander who can't turn left. And even even as the guy who's <laughs> sitting here in a Bears t-shirt, Bears jersey, Bears hat, Bears sunglasses, and brought a Bears Snuggie with him to work today... <laughs> I, I, I've heard a lot about Mitchell Trubisky this, this, this preseason and throughout training camp about how hard he worked to digest that playbook and to work on his mechanics and his accuracy and how good he looks in practice. I'm not buying it. I need to see it. I need to see it in real life. I, I think he can take another step. I see the tools there. I see the potential there, but I'll believe he's done it when I've seen him do it. So I don't know which way to take this with Trubisky because by one measure, you might say, look, the guy didn't even start till he was a senior in college. And so his total number of reps and throws in actual game work is not that high. So you could see if he has the potential of being able to work through some things mechanically and adjust and fix those things. There's also the other part that says he didn't play until he was a senior for a reason because he wasn't a super great thrower of the football. And that year they decided not to take Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes because instead they were going to take Trubisky, which will always be one of the most baffling picks ever. So there really is a part of me that wants to see the Bears punished for making such an illogical and incredibly absurd draft pick by taking Mitch Trubisky. And they could have had Patrick Mahomes eight picks And they later. didn't tell the head coach. That's my favorite. Yeah, well, that, no, that I, was great. They I hit agree, it from I, John Fox. It's I hilarious. agreed with that decision because it was John Fox. It's a little bit dysfunctional, though. But, but so maybe, I mean, maybe in a little way that sort of shapes my Trubisky opinion because I think when teams do silly things like this, uh, like passing on Deshaun Watson, who beat Bama and had all the skill in the world and the great character and everything else. And Mahomes I could sort of see because it was all arm and it was a wonky offense. So I, I get it a little, not much, but a little. With Deshaun Watson, though, 
the safest pick in the world, a guy who just dominated college football and had all the skills, to pass on him for, no, 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 we're super genius. We're the smart ones. We know this North Carolina guy. He's the real deal. That's where you see teams constantly make these mistakes in the draft. So part of it, I'll always go back to that and say, like, ah, oh, you picked the guy who couldn't throw left. I always I go back to the he didn't start until his last year at North Carolina thing. And yes, it was for a reason, but the reason wasn't because the guy in front of him was good. Marquise Williams was the QB there, and he was not a good quarterback for the Tar Heels. Yeah. That was the thing that I always go back to. It's how do you expect him to be a franchise quarterback? In the NFL, if North Carolina didn't think he was good enough to unseat Marquise Williams, right? Who but, I've never heard of. But before. that's the football thing of I can of we can unlock it. We saw something that that's what I, I think more than any sport that we follow on a consistent basis. I think football people uh, are smitten with themselves, and so they think they all think I see something. My offense yep. works, or I saw that kid play, and yeah, he only played two quarters in his entire life, and I saw him on a schoolyard somewhere, but if I get him, I can fix him. <laughs> yep. I can make him. And the the thought process there, like if you stop and think about it, it's one of the most idiotic business decisions in all of life. You would think that somebody would have stepped in and said, how much about Mitchell Trubisky do you know? And the other thing that drives me crazy is they'll come back and say, well, we talked to him at the Combine. Oh, we know and, everything. Yeah, the Combine. You sat with him for 15 minutes in a Holiday Inn hotel room that was cleaned out, basically, and he sat on a chair and impressed you. Christian Ponder, I'll always go back to that, right? Christian Ponder mm-hmm. sat in a hotel room and knocked Rick Spielman's socks off. Guess where that got him? Complete bust. So I, I will say this about Mitch Trubisky. Um and I think he holds the NFC North in his hands a little bit. I mean, if he's really good, they're winning the NFC North because the defense is going to dip, but it's not going to go off the edge of a cliff. It won't score as many points. When you have Akeem Hicks and Khalil it's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. And, and Eddie Jackson, people are, are going to have trouble scoring against you. But if Trubisky can still make plays in big situations like he did last year against the Vikings, we saw that week <laughs> 17 where. I thought he showed kind of a lot in Week 17 and in the playoff game by game is on the line and here's a guy making third down throws or third down runs. Yeah, and he, that was in something the playoffs, that he I, gets the ball and I brings it down to score. I definitely noticed improved in Mitchell Trubisky in the second half of the season and in that playoff game was his his poise and his accuracy in big spots and especially on third downs. That that definitely was something that improved you know what cost throughout you? the season last year. A kicker, a yeah, guy, a yep. hundred eighty-five pound guy with a foot, Rami. I know. Is there uh, is there anything else you guys want from me? Before um, I go? Well, we should talk yeah. about the Antonio Brown thing, shouldn't we? Should we keep the football roundtable going yeah, for one more segment? Yeah, let's fight sure actually we about that. Yeah. We need to talk. I know about where Antonio Collar stands Brown. here, and I think I know where you stand. I'm not sure where Danny stands. Well, we'll find. I just out. love chaos, and this is it. So. <laughs> we'll find out right after this. I hate stupid people, though, <laughs> and it's not Antonio Brown. Maggie no, and Judd with Rami. It's the All News Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Football roundtable continues right after this. Hey guys, it's Mackie here for Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Cannot tell you guys enough about the brand new 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving all summer long. The RAV4, there's a reason why it's one of the most popular vehicles in the country right now. It's the best combination of the spaciousness of an SUV and the handling of a Camry or a Corolla. Durable, powerful, Safety features galore, technology galore. It's actually the first car I've had with Apple CarPlay built into the uh, the front deck. And I just love the fact that I can tap on the Score North app whenever I want to. Well, I know, I'm biased. 
Um, I also love the fact that I get lane assist and with cruise control, my car senses how far the other cars are in front of me, so I don't have to slam on the brakes. It does that for me. It's amazing. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com or just stop in. Open until 9 o'clock tonight on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. I mean, we had two years there, uh, my first year. So, you know, as a rookie, you know, you're trying to learn stuff. So uh, a bit of a learning curve with him. And um, so I think that's uh, that's huge. And uh, hopefully we can build off of what we had in Washington. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Mackie out, Cunningham in today, and we kept Matthew Collar around from Purple Daily for our football roundtable as the NFL season kicks off today. And that's not the only football that we have to discuss today, guys. We discussed that in depth in the first segment, but uh, to me, and even again, as I sit here in a Bears shirt, Bears jersey, Bears hat, Bears sunglasses, and Bears snuggie, uh, I think the best story in the NFL today is Antonio Brown. It's just keeps getting better and crazier <laughs> if you haven't seen what happened now well first mike mayock fined antonio brown close to fifty thousand dollars for missing some scrimmages walkthroughs practices antonio brown tweeted his displeasure with that and then today there was apparently a verbal altercation between brown and gm mike mayock where they exchanged heated words had to be separated by multiple players including vontez perfect who's somehow the voice of reason in this whole thing, or one of the voices of reason in this whole thing. And then we later found out that Brown told Mike Mayock he will hit him in the face before kicking or punting the football and saying, find me for that. And then Antonio Brown went and unfollowed Derek Carr on Instagram and unfollowed the Raiders on Twitter. And this thing just keeps getting better, guys. What do the Raiders expect, though? This is so much like uh, the Vikings in 2010 and Moss. And now Brown right now is a far better player than Randy Moss was in 2010. So I'm not comparing players at all. But I always go back to Rick Spielman had a chance when Belichick called him, and you should always hang up the phone, not talk to Bill, but he talked to Bill. And Spielman went to Childress and said, I can get you Randy Moss. Can you control him? And Brad's like, of course I can. This won't be a problem. And we all said, you have no idea what you're doing, Right. Like, what makes the Raiders think with Mike May? Mike Mayock, they should have said from day one, Mike, here's the first thing. Because you're coming in as Gruden's lackey, right? Gruden's got a 10-year contract, right? So they should have told Mike from day one, here's the first thing, Mike. You are not to talk to Antonio Brown. You're not to look at him. If we're going to do this, you can't, because he's not going to take you seriously. You're a television guy. So I fault both sides here. And the Raiders, this is just, this is their own created dumpster fire by their hubris that they thought that they could control a guy who you could have given them a playbook on what not to do. And so far, they've screwed the whole thing up. It's very obvious from Antonio Brown's time in Pittsburgh that he is ridiculously sensitive about just about everything. That when Ben Roethlisberger called him out in a radio show, which, by the way, the team is not letting Ben do anymore. So there's a little bit of admitting some guilt there with Roethlisberger. Well, he admitted guilt. Yeah, He said, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Going on the radio and saying that Brown ran the wrong route or something. Like, this guy has helped you a second half of your career be pretty good. I don't know why you do that. But Brown would not let that go. Like he was really upset by that. And at that moment he wanted to leave the Pittsburgh Steelers because he felt really attacked by his quarterback in public and that sort of thing. And then, you know, throughout this, John Gruden's approach, I think was the exact right one. 
eh, you know, he'll probably be back and he'll figure out this helmet thing and, and so forth. And, and we got his back and we appreciate him and everything else. And I thought Gruden actually played this perfectly of just weather the storm, weather the storm, weather the storm. And then Brown finally gets it figured out. He gets a, an endorsement for a new helmet. And then it's worked out great for everyone. You are right on the cusp of going into the season with everybody on the same page and us all laughing at ourselves forever making a big deal of this. And then you have to go almost out of your way, if you're Mike Mayock, to start crap with Antonio Brown. Why would you do that to try and find him $50,000 when your team is worth a billion plus and you've got lots of money to pay him whatever he's going to make, $30 million or something, and you're going to haggle over a preseason game he missed, or you're going to haggle over training camp practices? And you just signed this. You just went out and got this guy, knowing fully what you were getting. This would be like if you were out in the dating world, and it became pretty clear on date two or three that this person is kind of crazy, and you were like, you know what? All in. I want to move in with me. Here's the key to my apartment. Colin and I are out, but Cunningham, I'm sure, can talk about this. I don't, I don't know what date two or three is. <laughs> I've never had dates with anyone but my wife, but, and we bought Wendy's. So Really? We were not uh, well-to-do with the, the cash uh, really early on <laughs> in our cash. relationship. Um, you know, Nothing this, wrong with Wendy's. I th- love th- Wendy's. This is oh, funny. Wendy's I, frosty. I, I, Big I, get, fan of Wendy's. I get one of these every time Antonio Brown comes up is someone being like, ha-ha, you wanted him to come to the Vikings, nerd, which you know we did discuss quite a long time ago because this team went 15-1 and with three elite wide receivers uh, back in the day, and I think they would again with three elite wide receivers. I also think, though, that the organization structure of the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm doing a piece on this uh, as we lead up to the uh, opener here against Atlanta, has has been so incredible that players want to come back, and even guys who could be problematic in some ways, like Everson Griffin, they worked through it, his off-field issues, they were patient with him, they kept things internal, and they let him deal with it on his own, and brought him back, welcomed him back, it's been no problem whatsoever, and even when Adrian Peterson was problematic for this team in 2016, they were derailed by offensive line injuries, and they worked around a lot of things that were going on behind the scenes with AP. I think that this situation in particular, like you said, with a TV coach and a TV GM and hard knocks there and everything else, it, it has been mismanaged a lot with Antonio Brown. But then you get to the one yard line. It's almost like they were the Seattle Seahawks and then they don't run Marshawn. You get to the one yard line and all you need to do is not bother this guy for a week. And you've got a great wide receiver who might be able to help your mediocre quarterback be better. And you screw it up. I think if he had come to the Minnesota Vikings, this would have been handled 20 times better. And he would be playing this week and not suspended by his team. Did we really expect anything different from the Oakland Raiders, though? Because it's I know. the Minnesota Vikings. But you and, and we, throw this, we, we throw the word culture around all the time. But you traded for him, so either know what you're doing. They just look so stupid. They, they are so stupid here. I'm, I'm with yeah, you here. No, they look stupid. They're the me. ones in the wrong here. That they should have an all-pro wide receiver lining up to give their offense help. And instead, they're not. And who knows if he's ever going to play for the Raiders or ever play again, for that matter, because of what he's done this offseason. He is a giant question mark, but all you have done is 
is enable it to get worse. Mm-hmm. Is he going to is he going to start some fires? Yes. Is he going to be a pain to deal with at times? Yes. Is his production going to be worth it? One hundred percent. So yeah, you're going to have to deal with some of those superstar things that you have to deal with. But you finally got to where it was finally going to pay off for you, and now you're punting on it, or he's punting on it too, I guess, with kicking the football. And that's that's just where it really it should bother you. Can I give you guys? Thank you. Can I give you guys TV slash executive slash coach names where you're where I would say you have no business trying to pull rank? Michael Lombardi tried the same crap. Eric Mangini tried the same crap. Mike Mayock. All right, so Gruden's got the contract. And so now Gruden's like, okay, I can't be the bad guy all the time. So Mike Mayock, you're the bad guy. What a ridiculous... He's got no business playing that role. He can't play that role. He he, he has no idea how to play that role. Parcells could play that role because he was Bill Bleeping Parcells, right? Right? But if you're going to play the role of Antonio Brown, you are fined and I might suspend you, you got to have a lot of clout. And, And the three names... I gave you are all just jokers. Mm-hmm. Like they belong probably on TV at the, at the best, but for them to come in and now try and be the heavy in these type of, you know, I'm going to deal with um, Odell Beckham's or Antonio Browns or go down that entire list. It's, it's just beyond stupid. I said this on score North five earlier today and I'll repeat it again because I think it goes along the lines of what you're saying, but Mike Mayock, it's perfect that he came from TV because he's treating this like he's writing the script of a movie mm-hmm. where he's the guy with all the power. And that's not how it works in the NFL. It's not draft day where you can be the GM and, and have a happy ending. That's not how it's going to work with the Raiders. Get yes. Costner here. And I, I think the smartest people in football in these positions understand that you are going to have to deal with personalities, and sometimes those personalities are over the top, and sometimes it does become untenable. And I don't blame Pittsburgh for saying, you know what, if Roethlisberger and Brown play together again, they're going to kill each other, and we have to do something here. And uh, he's just uh, maybe manipulated too many people around this team. It happened with Terrell Owens. But if you're the team that's bringing him in, I think if you don't give a lot of leeway to that player when you went out and got them, then you're just asking for it. If you're going to antagonize a guy after you went and traded for someone who you know was volatile, that's like bringing in Terrell Owens and messing with him from the first day or Randy Moss and messing with him. Like That's not something I think you really want to do. And if Antonio Brown went to a better situation, I don't think we'd be having this discussion at all. I also think that the Pittsburgh Steelers really wanted to stick it to him and sent him into about the worst situation aside from uh, aside from Buffalo. But I think Buffalo actually would have been even a better situation for him because that team is, is more stable at this moment with Sean McDermott than Oakland. And think about like if you're in the stands for this first game, I don't know if they're at home, but let's say he's not playing in the first game. They're moving your team. They can't even get along with Antonio Brown. Their quarterback is kind of a sham. Like... What what do you have to even hold on to if you're an Oakland Raiders fan? I thought this was the one thing that could have taken them to be quite good. And I go back to um, the football life on Charles Haley, who was legitimately bipolar, discovered after his career. And Steve Young went, we, I can't believe we traded that guy. I can't believe we got rid of him. He was a pain, but I can't believe we got rid of him. And... Uh, You've just seen it throughout the history of the game. So many great players are difficult, and the best teams find ways to work with them. Think about Dallas, Charles Haley, Michael Irvin. I'll give you one. Denny Green, 
Vikings coach. I, right. Randy yeah. Moss. All Chris, sorts of problems. He got Chris things. Carter was a pain in the behind. A pain. But guess what? He handled them right. And he got a Hall of Fame career from Michael Irvin would do cocaine all night, then yeah. sleep through meetings all day. Oh, that's and, no big deal. And Jimmy Johnson was like, yeah, cool, fine. But if the fourth receiver on, on the depth chart fell asleep in a meeting, he was gone. Yeah. He was cut. Yeah, because Jimmy knew he, exactly right. If you don't want to deal with eccentric, outlandish egotists, don't hire one. But the worst thing you can do after you hire one is try and A, try and change them, and then B, well, get into a measuring contest with them. But this is what I don't get. Why don't people... People know the, the Raiders should have known their limits. Like, just look at your team and be like, we can't handle this. Mm-hmm. The 2010 Vikings should have said, oh, no, 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 we can't go down that path. Now, the 2019 Vikings, perhaps they can. I don't know. But the point is, it's just, it's maddening to sit there and watch a team like Oakland trade for this guy and then be like, and we're going to control him. No, you're not. You're idiots. Yeah, I think if he had gone to a more stable franchise, and he might ultimately, they're trying to like void his contract, which would make them look even more ridiculous. And plus, those poor people who bought the Antonio Brown jerseys uh, after he uh, was traded there. But hmm. I, would it even be a, a big surprise if they found something in his contract to void it, and he becomes a free agent? Of course, he's getting signed right away. He goes to like San Francisco or something, and then gets a hundred catches oh, he, again, he, he, and, yeah. and, and he's good. Like I wouldn't be the least bit surprised with that so i i look at this as you know what antonio brown is absolutely to blame for the way antonio brown has acted over the last year it's been a laughing stock it's just that when you have players who are like this you should know what you're getting into and you have to have a plan of attack of like what are you going to let him get away with what aren't you and Every player in the locker room knows how good he is. There was somebody, former player, I forget who it was on Twitter, who was like, someone asked him, well, wh- what would you do in the locker room with Antonio Brown? And then that play, uh, that former player just tweeted a screen grab of his catches per year, and he's like, nothing. <laughs> like, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred is like, what would you like me to do with them? I'd try to get him out there. That's what I would would have done if I were the Raiders, and I think they botched this incredibly and will probably be last in their division now. we got to get to a break because uh, we're going to wrap with Roycey after this. He's not going to be available in his usual slot at football, uh, 540. Yes, football. football. Thank you. Thank you for football sticking around, and then Matthew some Collar. baseball. It's a perfect day. We'll this see you guys tomorrow. This Bye, Matthew. Fun. Yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow, and we'll talk with Patrick Roycey right after this. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. Bill Mackey here. Now, I've been talking about the new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs with superior 4K picture quality and Dolby Vision. And now, TCL has new sound bars. The TCL Alto soundbar, simple to set up, and with available wireless subwoofers, TCL creates a truly immersive viewing and listening experience. The TCL Alto soundbars provide precision playback for any TV, and they play music from smartphones and laptops. TCL brings you excellent picture quality, sleek design, and stunning resolution. And now the TCL Alto soundbars deliver superb sound all at an affordable cost. The TCL Roku TV has endless entertainment with easy access to over a half million TV episodes and movies and thousands of streaming channels. I experience TCL daily with the TVs in the Scorner Studios. Everything looks great, but sports look especially amazing. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand and available at major retailers everywhere. Learn more at TCLUSA.com. 4.43 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download, and something you can download from us is Minnesota Sports Rewind, and we've dropped a new addition to that podcast. It's been 10 years 
since we all went on a magic carpet ride with Brett Favre, and we're doing a deep dive into every aspect of that 2009 Vikings season. You can join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind, the 2009 Vikings edition, on demand anywhere you find podcasts, or just go to scorenorth.com and click on Shows. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. Mackie out today again. Cunningham in. Danny Cunningham, that is. And uh, joining us now, we normally wrap with Royce at around 540-545, but he will be getting ready for uh, Twins and Red Sox from Fenway Park at that time. So we wrap with Royce now. Patrick, is weather going to be an issue again tonight in Boston or clear skies as, as we sit here right now? Uh, it's clear skies, but I'm flying home. You think I want to watch Martin Perez? <laughs> I can watch videotape of baby seals being plucked to death and be forever. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, speaking of pitching, Patrick, your your thoughts on uh, Jose Barrios' less-than-inspiring start last night? Well, I did see one sign of encouragement, and I didn't see anybody come up with the stats, and I didn't really look, but I thought he threw more change-ups than I've seen in months or maybe ever, and uh, it didn't seem like that was the pitch that was getting tattooed. They're trying to give him a mix. I think his biggest problem is he just... He's throwing his fastball in the middle of the plate way too often. He's not hitting, you know, you can't throw it in that middle 10 inches. you got to throw it inside and outside and up and down, and he's just throwing it in the same spot in the middle of the plate, and they're knocking the hell out of it. I thought there was actually a little more life on his pitches last night, but Mookie uh, wasn't fooled either of his first two at-bats, that's for sure. The second one left the building. Patrick, do you think they have a chance in the playoffs if they don't get him right? Oh, God, no. No, I I'm not sure they do with him right. But, uh, no, they. I mean, you can't people say, ah, sit him down for, uh, you know, a couple of starts. Well, okay, that's a good idea. Uh, you know, they got to get him figured out. And uh, I don't think it's a weary arm or anything like that. He hasn't been going long enough lately to have a weary arm. So uh, I, I think they just got to get him to figure it out, I'm sure. Now, they've. They got to change. They got to stop giving him a different piece of advice, though. Ever, what was it about three, four games or ago? They were going to have him throw the sinker. Now he was going to, you know, that was that was going to be the solution. Uh, I think Lavelle had a whole story on that. They wanted him to throw the sinker more. And uh, we had uh, Tom Kelly on uh, our baseball podcast. Uh, Without uh, ripping anyone in particular, said uh, he did not like the sinker as a pitcher. For uh, for uh, Jose Barrios, and now it was obvious to me last night that they told him to throw more changeups. Because, for instance, in that last inning where they scored two more runs on him, he threw a three-two changeup to Mitch Moreland, and that's certainly something we wouldn't have seen from him in the past. I think he was. I think they put a lot of emphasis uh, emphasis on that. But anyway, yeah, they got to get him figured out. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you're. You already got one opener. You can't use two. I think obviously with Gibson gone, they're going to start using an opener, and uh, and that's uh, you know you, you, that you can't get yourself down to three starters. You got to get him straightened out. Pat, are you up to date on the latest in the Antonio Brown saga and today's developments? Yeah, I think this is uh, the, you know one hundred percent proof that Mike Mayock's an idiot. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you hiring Amen. a moron like that for? You know, 
just let it go because, you know, if Antonio Brown defends you, he's more important than you are, okay? You're Mike Mayock. You should still be blabbing away nonsensically trying to analyze every play that ever came up and, uh, you know, let this thing just die down and get him out on the field. But now you're going to – I think now it could be uh, they're trying to get out from under the contract huh? and just write off third and fourth round draft choices and say it was and the Yeah, And trying to figure out a way to avoid it. That could be what they've decided to do. I, I have no idea. But it would be, uh, you know, the Raiders are the uh, trying to replace the Browns as the uh, – Mr. Cunningham, the Browns are the new clowns of uh, football because the Browns uh, look like they might have finally figured it out. And the uh, the Raiders, uh, well, Gruden's, a, you know, he's a loose cannon. And, but they, I'm shocked that they actually would give any power to Mayock. I thought they just were bringing him in to maybe negotiate a contract or something. But he's strutting around like he's important. Who, what executive on the face of this earth also wakes up and thinks to himself, I've got a star player, and that star player is crazy. So you know who can handle this guy? Mike Mayock. Yeah. Like right. the thought process just makes no sense. Yeah. Well, if you send him a suspension letter and he posts it on social media, that you know what we call that? 2019, that's what we call that, right? I yep. mean, even an old man like me realizes that. So... You know, you can't get offended by that, for God's sakes. You've got to figure out a way to, if you want to keep him, you've got to figure out to get him on the field. Now, if this is part of a master plan to get out from under his uh, contract, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the entire league was afraid of him because they're the only, all they got was the third and the fourth, you know. I mean, the, you know, everybody wanted to, the word was out that he was goofy, obviously. Uh, I mean, there were hints that he was goofy, but never anything up to this degree. But if if you wanted to keep him, and you got Mike Mayock finding him forty grand for not practicing, oh Gruden, of course, is trying to act like it's there's not blood on his hands on this whole deal, and he's obviously calling the shot. So I don't know, Patrick. But, uh, if you were running the Raiders, what would you do with him? I would. Uh, I would have said, hey, uh, welcome back. And uh, if you just start practicing and get ready to play, uh, we, we will, uh, bygones will be bygones, and we're going to throw you the ball 180 times and hope, hope you catch 120 of them. You know? And uh, that's, I would have forgotten the whole thing and let it roll. But kind of like Dallas did with Zeke, right? They gave him. They, you know, we haven't heard anything about Dallas finding Zeke for not showing up for practice. We? They, instead, they gave him how much guaranteed? 60 or something. So, yeah, I, I would have just uh, let it slide. But, uh, you know, but again, Danny, they might, you know, maybe the whole strategy is okay, he's goofier than we thought and we want to get rid of him. I don't know. Pat, I know you said you're going to be flying back, so I'm assuming you won't be able to watch Bears and Packers kick off the NFL season. Tell them how tonight. you're dressed, Ronnie. I probably will be there for the second half. We only uh, we gain an hour here, so uh, and if everything's on time, uh, I should get to see what counts uh, the fourth quarter. I like the Bears by two touchdowns. Woo! Oh, There's my guy. Woo! There's Patrick Royce, my guy. My partner Patrick is dressed in an Erlacher jersey. He's got a Bears cap on, a Bears undershirt on, and Bears sunglasses on in the studio. Packers, five and eleven. Really? That bad? Wow. You know, their defense is supposed to be improved. 
based on what? <laughs> based on off-season acquisition. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, you know, all second-line guy. I think they're... <laughs> I think some of the guys they let go are better than the guys they brought in. So I, I, I think we the end is near for the uh, for that club. Hey, best best food item that you got in your uh, two games at Fenway Park? Food? Yeah, you get any good food? The worst food place in America. It's a dump. <laughs> but wasn't for the geometry, it'd be a hole. I mean, it's uh, it's uncomfortable. It's crowded. It's uh, why'd you go you back? Know, because I love watching a ball game in there with the wall and the fence, and the triangle, and the whole thing. It's it's great. Plus, it's you know, but uh, it, it's got nothing to do with eating fine vittles. I'll tell you that. It's uh, concession wise, it uh, it the Metrodome was better than Fenway Park when it comes to concessions. But they, you know, outside, outside they got a lot of sausage. Well, outside's outstanding like now. I love the if outside wanting, of that place. Uh, but inside, it's a joke. How, how high up is but, Fenway uh, on your I'm list of parts? I lost it. I'm glad I lost at least uh, maybe 25 pounds since the last time I was here. I was my fat ass didn't fit in the chair last time. So oh, you squeezed in the chair? Good. All this, right. time I could be, this time I was not pushing my neighbor over to the other side. So I, you know, I could fairly well fitted so that was more comfortable hey pat since we're on the subject of food uh something we're going to talk about just before we get out of here at six o'clock later uh young daniel cunningham who's sitting to my right right now who i know i know you you like you admire um he don't go too far that's a stretch he doesn't have lasagna in his top five italian power food rankings that's ludicrous right lasagna's in the top five oh i don't know i'm uh I'm a I'm a ravioli guy and a manicotti guy, and uh, then uh, but number one is uh, with clams, uh, white clam sauce, and that red crap, and uh, you know those are probably about my top three. Yeah, and, uh, not in your I'm top not five. Sure. Well, if it's really good, you know I'll, I'll put it in there. That's there's about whenever I go to a real Italian restaurant, I order like green with clam sauce. So I don't have to be, oh, you know, carbonara is pretty good, too, because oh, it's I do locale. Love yeah. It's it's locale with that butter and bacon and that stuff. It's really good. You know, it's only about, what, 300 calories per portfolio. That's pretty good. So anyway. Hey, as long as it's good, who cares? Thanks, Roycey. See you, boys. Travel safely. Thank Bye. You, Patrick. Talk to you. Wow. Fenway's, Not bad. Fenway's dogs aren't bad. Here's what you do. But at least he didn't say you get garlic the, bread or breadsticks. Oh, they're on the list. Don't worry. You get the big dog. And you slobber ketchup on that thing at Fenway, it's outstanding. No, it's not. Whatever. It's really good. No. Ketchup all over it. No. Just splattered all over no, it. No, no, no. Mm, you dip it right in the ketchup, you get extra nope. ketchup. No. Dr- drink about five or six harpoons. Way, Have another dog that Pat, tastes even better. Pat Sajak today tweeted out his contempt his contempt of ketchup it's on Pat, hot dogs. It's Pat Sajak, Yeah, dude. he's a genius. One of the he's worst late-night talk shows ever experimented, and that includes Magic Johnson. Uh, talk show, yes. Game okay. show host, he's great. Well, yeah, who Which cares? Which is a skill all in and of itself. Uh, you know what? I don't care about that. Pat Sajak has, gets no respect for me. Wow. I don't think he could top yesterday's game show. Probably not. Yesterday's game show was outstanding. Yesterday's if, game show, darn near, got us taken off the if air. If you didn't catch it, first hour of yeah, Mackie score. and Judd, with, as soon as this show Jonathan, is over, you missed it. Go to scorenorth.com or that Score North mobile app. Did I miss it or did Decla- I miss it? Declan oh, was legit, legit upset. 
What did you do? His hair was on fire, and he was steaming mad at Ronnie. Well, he also had a headband on, so... Yeah, he told me about that. he was upset he had to work. That, oh. That's what Jonathan was. Because he was hungover. That's hung what over. Declan was upset about. Which is Declan's perpetual state. <laughs> but he life, wasn't hungover hung from he, alcohol. He was covering for me. Why was he hungover? No, no, he, no, wasn't he wasn't hungover from alcohol. Oh. He was hungover. He ate so much candy. He essentially had dinner at a. That's gas That's another station. food thing that's ludicrous to me. What's he that? had what kind of grown man? Well, like I, I tell the story. Okay, go ahead. He had so much candy <laughs> that he threw up. He woke up at huh? three in the morning and threw up. What? what? What, what kind of grown man? Now Where do you I go to get that. I much have can- I have oh, a I sweet tooth. I have the worst sweet tooth probably of anybody at this station. It's why I was once three hundred and twenty pounds. I love candy. Sure, love candy. So sure. you got to come down to the candy bar. But what kind of grown man eats so much candy that they get themselves drunk sick? Like that's ridiculous. That's there, there that's is, actually impressive. There is nobody that I know who's as emaciated and as sickly as, as Declan Goff, though. <laughs> No, you're right. That's true. No, but I mean, he is like he's like a small child who just can't get. We we all went to grade school, right? With that one kid who's always out sick. Timmy's got the flu. Now Timmy's got this. Timmy has an upset stomach. It's like, does is Timmy functional? That's Declan. So if he made himself sick, that is stupid. I'm with Rami, but it's not surprising. It's just I'm with Danny on that. It's. It's like so ridiculous, it's almost impressive, like Jonathan said. Like, who does that? What grown man does that? When I was a kid, I'd do that. Eat so much candy, I got myself sick. I've never gotten sick in my entire 49 years plus now on this earth. I don't think I've ever gotten sick because I ate so much candy. Oh, I have. I have not. I have. I think I've eaten enough food where I feel ill, but not candy. Sure. not Definitely not airheads. And like, what candy are you eating at that point? Oh, He also also mixed in beef jerky. Okay, well, or it might have been a slim gym. It might have been a slim gym. You're mixing candy a and slim beef jerky? Gym? Slim gym? One something, one of those products. I'm getting so sick just talking about Why are about you this. mixing candy in that product? Don't ask me. And that's your dinner? I mean, don't, also, be, don't be an also, idiot. You might not get sick. He also had an icy. Oh, well, then no wonder he got sick. <laughs> what is he? What is this what is diet? Five? <laughs> For real. You know <laughs> the kid. My three-year-old has a better diet. <laughs> Good Lord. Seriously. Look at Rob. I mean... Rami and I are judging what? how people eat, and we're right. And think about that for a second. Right, yeah. Who are we to judge look that? At, you know look, what the sad thing is, though, is he's skinnier than all of us. But that's what that doesn't mean healthy. Well, that's so, that's, but, the, that's the mistake a lot of people yeah. make. They think well, so. But they think skinny or a low number on the scale means you're healthy. No, that that, that those two things saying. don't correlate all the time. They do not. Now, Danny's thin. Judd is and right. In, and in good shape. But his body's a mess. <laughs> yeah. But that's because <laughs> that's of athletic football. endeavors. Like his organs are probably in terrific shape. Yeah, but his, his joints and bones are and, and a those, mess. Yes. Awful. Correct. I'm probably in better in better joint shape. Your body than you probably are. feels younger than mine does. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> like, Which is I very scary because I'm almost fifty and you're what, twenty five? Twenty six. I woke I woke up and my back hurt really bad today. Like I had to I had to realign my hips by myself. Dude, you crack your neck and it makes me want to puke. Go to a chiropractor. Seriously, it'll change that, your don't life. Don't do that. That is so disgusting. It'll change Not your to life. mention the fact that that can Dude, cause strokes. Just Google it. That feels so good. When a chiropractor does that, it feels no, so I'm good. I'm not trusting another and human being for, doing And it's that, not sorry. good for you to have your neck snapped. It no, can it cause is. a stroke. It, it can is cause, if it's done right. It can cause some type of blood clot to... Oh, whoops. That's why you go to a... We're up against a break. Oh, we are late. That's why you go to a professional, though. we got to hit a break. Get up before five! On the other side, uh, Jonathan has random questions that he'll arbitrarily hand points out for. It's Cram Session next. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North. Hey, guys. It's Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. I want to talk to all you business owners out there. I've been a business owner myself. 
I know what goes into it. You love the ups and you love the elations, but you're also grinding on a daily basis, solving problems, taking care of employees, and sometimes even being around your employees more than your own family. So it helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running said business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You get a face-to-face relationship, and you get over a century of experience in Federated helping businesses become as successful as they can be. It's a Minnesota-based company down in Owatonna, and their website is a very powerful tool for all of you business owners. Federatedinsurance.com to find out about the industries that Federated protects and federatedinsurance.com to find your federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours.